Hey, man, y'all welcome back to a special episode, a virtual episode of Good Guys, Bad Habits. This is going to be Guys Table Talk for the day. Uh, going around the table real quick, my man, the hood wine connoisseur in the building. You already know how it is. Nate Dog on his porch. What's good? Getting a little tan in. Uh, my man, Mark, all the way down in uh, in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, what's up? And uh, the original wearer of a do-rag, uh, my man, EA. <laughs> hey man, it's been a while. I, don't, I can't remember the last time all five of us actually recorded. I know, even though we're not in the flesh, it's, this is like the next best thing. What's up with y'all, boy? Uh, I've been cooling, and it's actually funny because we could have been doing this for. I mean, even before the pandemic and stuff, we could have been recording on Zoom. I don't think anybody ever just thought of it like that. Hook up our mics to it. I ain't gonna lie. I didn't know Zoom was a thing until uh, we shut down schools. <laughs> I don't think anybody knew it was a thing until oh, schools. Oh, no, nah, bro. I did, bro. We, man, we used to Zoom, Uvu, Skype, all that kind of stuff with the oh, shorty back in the day. Nah, this is, well, I don't know if we Zoomed in high school. I don't know if they had in high school, but I know in high school it was Uvu and Skype. Yeah. Yeah. Uvu was the shit. Yeah. Nah, bro. Just, and that was probably whenever y'all was in y'all's senior year in college, but it was me and Nate in high school. <laughs> hey, man. Boys turning 30 in this show, man. You Look, you can't. 30 is a new 20. You can't make me feel bad. You about said it. you said 30 when? 30 is a new 20. 30. No, no, no. When, when are you turning 30? I'm turning 30 this year. Mark turned 31 this year also. That that, so might, I, that might be who you confused with. No, don't, don't throw me in that 30 club. I, we got the posture of a 31-year-old. Don't nobody do that. <laughs> he do got his hand on his hip. Why is he sitting like that? <laughs> now he chopped his. I am not turning thirty. <laughs> like bro, I'm like, on the Wi-Fi, bro. But uh, thirty. But um, that's cool. Don't judge me. Hey man, look. Glad, hey, glad we're back doing this thing, all right? So since we at the we at the table today, everybody's at the table. So we, this is guys' table talk, all right? First and foremost, we gonna get into some deeper stuff later on, but it's good guys, bad habits. We got to start off light, all right? So let's talk about this whole entanglement situation, all right? Because what's not gonna happen is Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, is not gonna go without uh, accountability. We gonna hold her accountable, actually. We also gonna hold August accountable. So. Bray, I'm gonna let you touch on it first. You know, well, first and foremost, we don't need her to create more people talking about they're gonna be in some entanglements because women out here don't we don't want to empower that too much. We need to go ahead and sell oh, it. We've already muted the word on Twitter. It's done, it's gone. I can't see it no more. You don't need none of that entanglement stuff. You know? They've been finessing us for long enough and not using the word entanglement. Now they got a word for it, it's a wrap. Women been cheating. This ain't nothing new. <laughs> They've been doing this, but they ain't really? never had, they ain't never had entanglement as the as the umbrella. And now they gonna think this shit okay. It's not. <laughs> Mark, Mark, did, we we ain't cursing, big fella. You're right. You're right. You know, Mark, we, we also can see you. I know you're trying to show off your shirt, but we all seen it already. <laughs> you can scoot up on the camera now if you want. Get the black educated section, or even the black portion is you got the message across. It just happens to be the shirt that I'm wearing uh-huh. on Sunday. I, I, I look. I wasn't trying to show it off. That was your church. Mark sucking, Mark sucking in his stomach so we can read it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna move on before we get the roast, y'all. I, I, <laughs> y'all man, all right. Hey, huh? I don't want no problems. So, so look, 
this is how I feel about so one, that's the most toxic stuff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that 12 minutes of <laughs> that was the most toxic 12 minutes I've ever seen in my entire life. And it didn't get better as it went. It, it actually went not at all. And the <laughs> level of hurt on Will's face, man. I oh, think yeah. Will was just irritated. Will had that look on his face, like Jaden, you see what happened when you don't keep your shit tight. That like that's that's the look <laughs> that on his face, bro. Yep. No, like, that, that was hurtful, bro. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that it took more. That whole that whole time took more than 12 minutes. Like the that, bro, yeah. had to go gather himself a couple times. No, no, yeah, so, that's that's what he had. that's what he had to gather his his pimp hand. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how. It, so and I, and I tweeted this man and I'm. And this is kind of how I've always felt about Red Table Talk. I hate that we have these uh, celebrities who do these type of sit-downs and act as if they're therapists. Like, they don't have the training to do so. They don't have the, you know, the licensing to be, be to act as such. But, you know, they're giving out these advice, this advice to people who are going to go apply it to their own situation. And that advice may not be healthy. Yeah. So, like, they've been broke up for four years. But but then, uh-huh. but then my retort because I, I saw you tweet that and I wanted to retort, but I was like, I just wait to the uh, episode because we recorded. Yeah, it's like, but my retort today is is Oprah certified to be uh, 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 no, a. No, Oprah's included in that for me. Oprah is included in that for me. But then, like it's, but but how many people has Oprah helped over the years? It's it's almost to a point where I, I get I get exactly what you're saying, but like. I don't want to police people who already have a platform. If you have a platform, you're going to use it one way or the other. And it gets to a point, if I'm trying to, if if, if I'm restricting that, then it ain't going to work because Obama made a whole podcast series that nobody wanted to listen to. Michelle Obama wrote a book, half of it about nothing. So it gets, it gets to a point. <laughs> it almost gets to a point where it's like, yikes. Everybody going to tip, going to dip their toe into something that they probably shouldn't dip their toe in, but that's the part of the human experience. I think the problem is, it go back to what we discussed previously, the worship of celebrities. It's like, you don't have to have a relationship like Will and Jada. Just learn that, oh, okay, we got to talk like Will and Jada. That's it. Nothing else, but we got to talk like they talk because they're clearly doing enough to keep it together to a degree. That, I so, think that's my takeaway. I guess, so what about this? Like, I guess, and, and, I, and I respect that because Oprah's had her platform for 20 plus years and has definitely helped people. But at what point do we see, so Jada came out the red table talk. She got her 20 year old daughter out there sometimes too, giving advice. And it's like, okay, you've given all these people this advice and helped people through these things supposedly. And then we figure out the toxic thing, toxic things you've been doing yourself. Mm-hmm. That you just like readily admit in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, well, damn, like, do, is everything you just said before this, all these episodes, like, you need to apologize to Snoop now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. It's, uh, she really <laughs> doesn't need to apologize to Snoop because she was on his case hard. Like, she hadn't done anything worse than that. I think yeah. a lot of celebrities are coming out now are a lot of people who have two things that we don't have. And this is why we can't really apply that to our life. These people have two things we don't have. Fame and wealth, all right? And you can't compare, I can't can't compare my relationship to Will and Jayla. We don't even have the same, we don't even have close to the same dynamic. Honestly, when I ain't married, our relationship might be better, but that's for another day. 
I think these celebrities are not coming out because of all these social media platforms. And yes, the intention is good in most cases. You know, I mean, they are still getting paid off their views, but they're trying to help people in a full disclosure. Like, okay, it's okay to come out and say what has happened. Let me use my life as a platform and let me say, let me be fully expressing about everything that happens. But like he said, we finding out that they not expressing everything that happened. And whether she did that to protect Will's image, it actually ended up burning him a little bit more later. Like if she would have said this four or five years ago, we would have forgot about this. You know what I mean? Like this would have been done in 2015. But I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I see Eve's point and Nate's point this definitely does go into the whole idolatry that we're not supposed to get into, like almost worshiping idols or, or you know, or um, why, why is Zoom sending me something? I'm saying yeah. the meeting has been upgraded by the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, nah, why, like, why are they sending, I mean, why are they, you know, why are, are celebrities coming out and all of a sudden becoming therapists? You know, some are good at it. Like, I think Oprah's better at it, but like Jada you just doing this to clean up your image and protect Will image as much as possible. But that whole, we ride together, we die together, bad marriage for life, like, that's that's what you don't need to say at all. Like, oh, that, hey, that was so, <laughs> no. ooh, not Okay, y'all ain't never, y'all ain't never heard your uncle and aunties go at it. Well, yeah, I heard them go at it. But and, I heard, and I heard worries. That's why I laughed immediately. I'm like, oh, okay, at least they still black enough to just just keep that tradition going. Like, oh, well, no, never mind. That's how I looked at it. Bro, Will different. wanted to cry that whole interview. He wants to slide. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, still look like he was tired. Like, he looked like he had a long day. Like, he just did not want to be there. But she was like, no, nah, you got to come do this show. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd say that he looked like he didn't want to be there. But he, yeah, he definitely looked like he was tired. But it's I had so many questions from watching the video. Like, the, the fact that she openly admitted, like, Oh, well, I thought Will was done with me. Leaves me that Will was like legit done with her. So if you're gonna be transparent about something, like that's what you need to be transparent about. Like I got questions. <laughs> what did you do? Like how you gonna do the Fresh Prince like that? What did you do? Man, that's he, what I. About. All I know is he left her for Margot Roby. Roby, I think I'm saying her name right, and I really stand by that decision. I understand he went back and got his family, but I didn't blame him one bit. Can I see the other thing, like, how could she possibly think? And and this is gonna, I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this, but I think that's a common problem within the female community is this need to kind of fix or have men that are projects. And that's usually what gets people into situations that they shouldn't be in. First off, Jada will be married to Tupac right now. <laughs> 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 I mean, but Tupac had issues, so she could have felt I like oh, they would have issues together. Bro, I, yeah. I, I I wholeheartedly believe that Jada does not love Will like that. I'll be honest. I, Dang, who did? He he, he he might have just been the best available situation, you know, at that time. But can, Tupac, hey, bro, Tupac not like. Can we talk about how? Because honestly, August is more like Tupac than Will is. I ain't talking about it from an artist standpoint. I'm talking about the emotional wow. and maturity dynamic. You know what I mean? Like August is a very expressive person. Nah. So was Tupac. I, so August is more like August is more like Will than he is like Tupac. Or did you not hear my? I, I, I think August is completely different from both of them. Like I don't see as expressive as Tupac was, especially within his lyrics. I don't think August is that dude. Like. I feel like he legit got in his feelings, was hurt that she didn't want him like that no more, and was like, oh, I'm finna tell off. 
No, like, you gotta go back and listen to August's music. It ain't nothing but pain in his music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you look at if you go back and listen to Tupac, Tupac was just more aggressive with it. Like Tupac was like, okay, this is what's happening, this is what I'm gonna do. August is more like, this is just what's happening. I need y'all to hear me. You know what I mean? But Will Smith, like, Will don't even vent like that. You know what I mean? Like, we, how often do we just really hear Will vent except for that Fresh Prince episode and then maybe one or two other times? Like, Will is super positive. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. for Jayden, she should want that because he should pick her up from here and take her to there. But I don't know. Like I said, when people are broken, there are some people who are addicted. Once you leave that struggle, there are some people addicted with constantly being attached to that. And that's why they want to fix everybody and continue to revisit. Like a lot of people, a lot of people can be healed, but don't want to completely be healed because that's so much what they're used to. I know that sounds retarded, but that's the situation we're looking at right now. Jalen should have been gone from all that. You've been married for 25 years. You don't have a want for nothing. You got two successful, two, three successful kids. You got a platform like, why, what reason is there to still be hurt? Well, she said, uh, because one, another discussion I saw online was that, you know, women, is it's commonplace for women the same way Aisha Curry went through her spell of being in the marriage and feeling like a part of her was incomplete. Because, you know, Jada at one point said, I just didn't feel good anymore. And so, like, I ain't gonna lie, I immediately, like, went to her catalog. I'm like, God, like, you, we sleep on just how much Jada has been a part of. And, you know, it's almost to a point where, like, from a man's perspective, what more do you have to give? Just looking from the outside, from the outside looking in, it's like I give you stability, I give you a platform, and I've helped build you throughout your lifetime, throughout our marriage as well. Like outside of that, what more do you sign up for? Or at what point, like like that's why we not normalizing it for women. At what point do, do the women do do women not even speak up more in the marriage? Find ways um through that, you know what I'm saying, communicating that um more more commonly through through I don't know, therapy, through just regular communication, whatever it is. But I need to know if I'm your, if I'm your man, you know what I'm saying. I need to know ahead of time when you're not good before it festers over time, and then you just wake up one day feeling so lost and so alone, almost. You know, because that's one thing that she did make it seem like, and and uh and hearing a, another person that we all know and hearing their situation and how um, something happened and affected their marriage, it was similarities to it. It was just like what, like one day. I'm no, I no longer want to be here. That's an empty feeling for a man because if you give everything to your family, now a part, a whole big dose of your self image is also tied into it as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's really it's really perplexing that uh, that not only not only you know what happened, but how it happened and how she just said like one day she just wasn't feeling good anymore and being with somebody else or, or helping somebody else actually made her feel good. Like y'all said, like she she was just dodging her own issues, but it's. it's it's crazy to see that when you see how much she's accomplished and how good, like we would, we would expect them to be and how they are also portrayed it to us. They didn't have a structure to it in the first place. And I think that one of the things that people have to realize that when you're in a relationship, you have to have a structure and discipline. And it don't seem like Jada had any discipline in their relationship. Cause it seemed like Will has always been trying to fight for her and fight for her attention and fight for their love and figure out ways to, to find out how to love her because even in that, um, in that, I think he did the uh, interview with um, those, I can't remember two dudes, but he did an interview a while back when he was talking about how uh, he was sitting down with some actress that was talking to him and Jada about their love and how 
she was like, how long have y'all been together? And he was like, 14 years or something like that. And she was like, oh, y'all ain't even learned each other yet. Yet, Just the fact that Will was going out seeking advice from people, and it, and we've never heard Jada talk about that same thing until she started doing the Red Table Talk about her seeking advice for their relationship and stuff like that. It just seemed like Will has always been grasping for understanding how to love his wife, and it just don't seem like she had that same discipline. And I think that's probably what the issue is, that Will, Will is a super disciplined person, and it seemed like Jada's just all over the place. I mean, it's like that relationship, somebody always has a bigger heart and Will just happened to have it. Will is the one that's sacrificing more and he always will will sacrifice more. Like, I don't care what you say in every relationship, it may be 60-40, it may be 51-49, but somebody's always going to carry that weight a little bit more and it's always been Will. And the crazy thing is, is that it's normally not that way. You know, from an emotional standpoint, it's normally not the the man carrying the woman. It's normally the other way around. I think this is just the first time we're actually seeing it publicly. You know what I mean? Do Will yeah. got a box? Do Will got a box of August though for airing them out? No. Nah, because honestly, as a no. this is and this is my thing. As a in our relationships, whatever your baggage is from your previous relationships, I need you to handle that. Now, if like you physically can't handle it as a man, I need to take care of it. I definitely will take care of it, you know, physically. But that's that's my thing. Like, take care of your baggage and deal with it. Put it away, pack it away, send it off wherever you need to send it off. But I should never at any given time have to deal with that. Like, we shouldn't have had to do that. And honestly, this is not the first time that August comments this year is not the first yeah. time August commented on it. He had, he had mentioned that it, but Jaden and Will never responded to it. And we didn't think it was real. Yeah. Everybody, everybody kind of just ignored it. Like, I mean, everybody was making jokes, but then it kind of blew over. But then when he came back and sat on the table like this, yeah, and told everybody <laughs> talking to Jada like that, I was like, oh, no. And he did it because he dropped the album. He yeah. Was, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, no matter what you're going through, I'm about to let you go, Mark. I see your hand raised. No matter what you're going through, you got to keep your stuff tight. Like you can't, you can't continue to attach yourself to other people. You know what I mean? Because it's only going to be a problem later. Like it's, you got to think about people today. It's so many different outlets to go tell your business on or to vent to. Like there's no such thing as a secret. Once you tell somebody, somebody's going to tell somebody that's going to tell somebody, and you just don't know who has been told. So I, I just don't like the way August tried to use that because he could have said the same thing in an interview with Angela Yee that he said three years ago. He first of all, August slipped the first time and he stated that there was a relationship and he covered it up as like, okay, she was playing like a mother figure to me. This time yeah. it just wasn't sitting right in his soul. So I guess he had, I know Angela Yee is good at digging up dirt and that's exactly what she did. He fell right into that trap and he, before he knew it, he didn't told everything about the relationship. So this, this on Jada. I mean, it's definitely on Jada, but I think it goes back to something that she said during the interview or maybe Will said it, but, to Nate's point, the fact that she had this huge catalog of all these accomplishments she had, she has this husband in Will that loves her and that's continually trying to find ways to show her that he loves her. This goes back to her not being able to figure out how to love herself or make herself happy. And so the only way she felt like she could do that was fixing other people. Well, if your love is dependent or your love or your happiness is dependent on somebody else, you ain't never going to be happy. And it don't matter how much Will does for her, what he says, what he does, what anybody else in the family does. She was going to be unhappy in that marriage because she didn't know how to make herself happy, even though they separated. And I mean, I guess later on, they figure out that 
will or will wasn't the issue for that separation. If it wasn't gonna work until she figured out how to make herself happy. And that's what she should have been doing as opposed to getting in a relationship with somebody else. It wasn't Will that was making you unhappy. It was yourself. And and I feel like that's a lot of stuff that we as regular civilians don't realize about celebrities is that it don't matter how much money they got, how much fame they got, how much in the limelight they have. Like That doesn't matter if you can't find out how to make yourself happy. Because I can buy myself this car, I can buy myself this house, I can buy myself this boat. All that don't mean nothing if I don't know how to make myself happy. That's, that's going to be temporary compared to the long run of it all. Okay. And that's something that everybody... So she just happened to be the you know the latest victim of it. And um, it's unfortunate, but I will say she's lucky that she got a husband like Will that's going to stick by her. Because most people are going to be like, nah, she did that. Like, that's on her. I, look. Yeah. I I don't know if I could be Will and sit on a TV show and air my stuff out like that. But I guess, like they say, after 24, 25 years, hey, you've been riding together that long, might as well. I mean, some people make a business decision. Honestly, there's no other better alternative. I'm just going to keep finding short-term relationships within my long-term relationships. So, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. But, I mean, there really would be no point for Will and Jada to be divorced at this point because they've already done as bad as you could do they've already committed adultery within their they've already cheated within their marriage so it, there's nothing they can't do it do anything worse except for doing it again so i mean and that's what i want to know like what was so bad that will felt like no i'm done with you like clearly it wasn't cheating because she came back or he let her come back so what was it that was so bad that they decided three four years ago like no this is it Tired of trying to figure out a way to love her. You know, you know how you work on something for so long and you don't see any progress. And then you you start to figure out like what you're working on is actually fighting against you. He probably got he might have gotten one of those situations where he feel like, okay, I'm the only one pulling for you, but you pulling against me. You know what I mean? Teamwork makes the dream work. He probably feel like she wasn't working for him. And he was like, okay, cool. Let me go, let me go do my thing. Let me show you how valuable I am by showing you how my absence feels. You know what I mean? And she tried to she tried to put a substitute in there. Didn't work out. And she found herself right back to home, or found her way right back to home. So I don't know, man. Like I said, again, y'all, of course, we're talking about this. I'm talking to the fans. We, of course, we're talking about this. And we're not perfect, of course, but we wouldn't be good guys, bad habits if we didn't talk about this particular situation. So what's the ruling? What's the final verdict for each each party involved. We got to make a final verdict for Will, August, and Jada. I need an example. I got one. August got to leave Kiki alone. Uh, <laughs> she ain't do nothing. She ain't do shit. First of all, Virgos don't attack other the Virgos, so I don't even know what that was about. You ain't never heard me and Sam attack each other on this platform, okay? So, <laughs> hey. Kiki just said that, that that was never my man. I don't know why you coming for me, you little girl. It wasn't no capitalization in what she said. E, you on mute. <laughs> I think he on the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was talking to her. But no, nah, bro, they... Uh, first off, August, Will, and Jada on you leave each other alone, man. Like, well, I, I disagree, <laughs> Sam. I think August... I mean, I think Will and Jada need to get a divorce, bro. That That is so toxic, bro. If, I, if you ever catch me... With my wife high-fiving each other, talking about bad marriage for life, tell me to get a divorce. 
dummy E. It's dumb. Both of y'all just gonna keep messing with each other. Nah, bro. That that, that was too much hurt. That was too much hurt in that room to be. We ride together. We die together. Baptist. What? People like you start with the same letter. People love that toxicity. Like they love that, and it makes no sense. Bro, my marriage ain't for your entertainment. Retarded. My marriage is not for your entertainment. Yeah, that's true. So, people, it is. So, wow. so I'm, I'm ready. Go ahead, Ray. She, they let this man live in their house. No, me and August got. Whoa, whoa, They they let this man live in their house. We got a house. No, they will be like, I gotta go make sure August is okay. <laughs> we got to throw the Ali in my boat. No. So me and that's my final verdict. Will and August got to set up a donation boxing match. <laughs> August talks off like he was knocking Jada's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, what is wrong with you? I I agree with Ray now. I agree with Ray. Sorry. <laughs> From one entanglement to the next, I it looked like we about to get into another entanglement with Fifty Cent and Ti. All right. T.I. has been seen on Instagram and other social media platforms uh, calling out 50 Cent for these verses that these artists and, and DJs and, and producers have been doing. Personally, I wouldn't see it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I think that T.I. is lonely. I think T.I. is a better rapper. What do y'all think? 50 can't take the more L's. He lost to Kanye. Mm-hmm. He, can't, he can't go over there and lose to T.I. Mm-hmm. Nope. And he's not going to take the battle. I know he's not going to do it. I uh, so... Put it this way: If I if I had ten songs, mm-hmm. so if I had ten songs, I would say Ti would have a whole bunch. And I'm not saying necessarily a rating from zero to ten, but I say Ti would have a whole bunch of fives, a whole bunch of fives and some sevens and eights. But Fifty will come out with like five tens, but then some twos and threes. See, so yeah. like if we if we if so it's it's about how long the battle goes. So mm-hmm. I. How how much was it supposed to be? How many songs? Uh, I don't know how long they've been doing it, but let, let's just say twenty. Twenty songs a piece, I think. Oh yeah, if it was twenty, then that's Ti, that's Ti all day, I think. But they they say five to seven, then fifty about to blow the man off the park. I agree with that. So yeah. Ti Ti bet. I mean, sorry, fifty definitely has the bigger hit. But like you said, we talk about like a war of attrition, like going further into it. I'm just kind of, I'm looking at T.I. and 50 album side by side right now. And I'm thinking about, first of all, T.I. has a lot of forgotten hits. If, if y'all haven't noticed yet, I'm very pro T.I. Probably my second favorite rapper ever. But I'm thinking about, let's go back to one of his first albums. We're talking about. Basically my favorite, bro. Like, no BS. Yeah. They just had like, because honestly, Houston has never had, we've had Zero, we've had Trey, Scarface, DJ Screw, but we've never had an artist that not only dominated the city and the region, but has dominated the nation. Like, T.I. ran, T.I. at least ran the game for maybe a year or so. What's up? Get your man. T.I. This, this one right here. This oh one right here. Get him. T.I. is a better rapper than 50 Cent. I don't care what nobody said. that. Everybody's, everybody's literally said that. Yeah, well, T.I. If there was going to be any kind of debate about that, that's why your Wi Fi bed and you're going to sleep. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Because I feel like it's the best song for me. T.I.'s major albums. All right, so we got um, the most recognizable. So, trap music. Let's get away. All right, let's go to Urban Legend. It's hard to just pick one. 
because you got ASAP, you got motivation, you got bring them out. Like I said, bring them out is probably no bigger than any of 50 Cent's hits, but bring them out did was a was the club bank, you know what I mean? Like that was that's that was what he had. Um and then um, then you got King, all right. So we got uh what you know about that. Okay, of course, living in the sky with Jamie Foxx. I'm talking to you. Whatever you like. Whatever you like. Um uh, yeah, he got all those. And then you got, let's see, next we go T I versus Tip. I don't lie, this is probably the most this is my favorite album, I ain't gonna lie. I love that was that was one that made me that was my favorite rapper at that time, bro. Yeah. Urban. You got Big Ish popping. You got uh I, I tight. Respect this hustle. I tell him I said that. You got you even got 50 cents out, my swag, all that. And then you got the acts with him with him talking to himself. You got Paper Trail. Now I ain't gonna lie, Paper Trail is probably T.I.'s last good album. So Five solid albums. You got ready for whatever. That's the one with uh, Rihanna on it. That song, uh, Paper Trail. You like, no matter what. Uh, What's up, what's happening? Uh, Swagger Like Us. Swagger Like Us is an unforgotten hit. Shout out to Jay-Z and Kanye. But, all right, about to say, because Swagger Like Us, I'm not going to lie to you. If you told me to rap everybody's verse, T.I. is going to be the last one I remember. Tip had the hardest verse on the whole song. I will go to bat with I, that to with anybody. I will the hardest. It was like listen to a bar for bar. It's like Wayne fell off halfway in his bar. Hove came with that mid, like he liked to come with every now and then. But Ye did his thing too, though. Ye did his thing on that. Yeah, Ye's always doing it. <laughs> it's hard for Ye not to do his thing. But yeah, Ye and T.I., they they did go head for head in that particular song. All right, so let's go. Let's look at fifty. Let's look at 50, all right? And y'all can, like I said, I'm a 50 Cent fan. I'm probably not as big a 50 Cent fan as y'all, but we talking about, let's go. Uh, he got a short track. What's the album? All right, so Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, Many Men, In the Club. Those are both bigger hits. I ain't gonna lie. P-I-M-P, 21 Questions. He may have the best music video out of these two because 21 Questions was, that's where it was at. You got Wankster. So, E, you right. His best hits, his top five hits, honestly, probably came all of his first album. And then you got yeah. The Massacre, uh, Candy Shop with Olivia, uh, just a little bit. I don't, like I said, they kind of he kind of phased out. Like, their first album was hot. He kind of phased out a little bit. As to where T.I. may not have an album as big and get rich as I try, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. What? I gotta take a picture of this while he's frozen. Your Wi-Fi trolling, so <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with I'm going, I'm going with to sell the verses on the guys' table talk. I'm going with Ti. Ray, who you got? Yeah, I'm sorry. I love fifth, but Ti. Yeah, he gonna Thank win. You got two. E, you got fifty. How many songs? <laughs> that's, that's important. Let's, let's go. Eight, let's go eight songs. It's not gonna be eight songs. It's gonna be a twenty song battle. Eight, eight is fifty. Eight is fifty. Twenty is ti. Yes, yeah. easy. All right, Mark. Who do you and your shirt have? You <laughs> <laughs> gotta ask me that question. Is disrespectful, Mark. You making too much money for your internet to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's you making too much. Money. You are both. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Found that spinning. <laughs> 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 That's because it's going so fast. Mark. <laughs> no, Mark, he ain't lying. The shadow ain't moving, but everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, 
fast. Is your fan on? Yes or no? It goes so fast, yeah. <laughs> all right. Next topic. Speaking of Kanye, all right? We know him. We love him. We hate what he says sometimes, but we love him, all right? Kanye. Yeezy, all right? Um, I actually think Yeezy had been having a good last year or so. Like I said, he dropped. Yeah, bro, he, he's been having the, out of everybody, he's been having the best 2020, I think. Yeah. Because it's actually a lot of this is probably all normal to him until recently. <laughs> when him announcing that he was running for president, you know what? Like you said, I'm not even tripping. All right, cool. Yeah, right. I don't like the fact that his family came out and said he was in the middle of a bipolar episode and they're really worried about him. First of all, it's Kanye. You got to worry about Kanye 24-7-365. family is the Kardashians. And of course, they would say something like that. They're doing that to presidential run. I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I would dare to say that Kanye is actually keeping the Kardashians relevant right now. None of them are really doing anything. Like, they still got the show. They they making all the money. But I'm talking about, like, and, and you got Kylie, of course. But but in, tw- in 2020, what other reason do we have to talk about the Kardashians? Like, none of them has done, have done anything landmark in a while. But everybody knows that Kanye and the Kardashians are attached. So they got to kind of, they got to kind of keep their views up. Uh, in terms of their relationship with Kanye as much as they possibly can. You know what I mean? That, that's just my opinion. I say 2023, a sex tape going to drop. I don't know who's sex tape, but they're going to have to re-up. They're going to have to re-up. <laughs> What's up? Uh, I just want to... I heard the door open and my child just walked in if y'all want to see him. Hey. We're not going to play with you yet. Oh, so you won't look at this damn dog. I'm a, if I'm gonna look at your still, if your uh, unspinning fan, you won't look at this dog. <laughs> He's eating right now. What's what's his he don't, name? He don't want nothing to do with me right now because he's eating. Well, shoot, okay. I'll, I'll I'll catch him whenever he's not hungry. Because if I move his food, he's gonna probably start screaming at me. Yeah, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. There you go. All right, never mind. He said, "Forget y'all." All right, so this whole Kanye presidential run—is it clickbait, or do you think it is a conversation that needs to be had? Not in terms of even voting for Kanye. All right, because it could be, and we do split votes and are voting, wasting our votes for a candidate that's not going to win in the first place. It could be, you know, to that particular Harambe. Depending on what side he's going to run on. But like I said, what is y'all's opinion on this Kanye situation? Kanye running for president. I didn't watch the interview, so I'm not going to comment any deeper on do y'all think it's worth even talking about. Well, this ain't the first time he said he was running. So I don't think, I think he actually wants to run for president. And I think <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. Next, next uh, election. But as far as this one, I think he was just uh, provoked into saying that this time. Nope. You know what? Know how I see this? I got kids in my class whenever we're reading stuff out loud. They want to read. They want to raise their hand, but you know what it's going to be. So it's like, look, bro, I ain't got time today. Yeah. I'm only, I'm only I, take, I'm I ain't got time. Thing. I ain't got time today. I'm only taking three hands. I called on you yesterday. I can't. I, not today. <laughs> no, 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 we, got, hey, we got 15 minutes left in class, and we got six things to do, and I, you can't take 20 minutes on this paragraph. Exactly. Yeah. I feel, I, like, I think he legit wants to run. But um, I don't think anybody else taking him seriously. So this is one of those things. Like he wants to do it, but everybody else is like, "No, nah, sit down." Uh, so this is my problem. 
my problem is I think that people wanted after having a black president, people didn't want a black president. Well, I ain't gonna say everybody. Some people in this country didn't want a black president. Apparently, they didn't want a woman president. You know what I mean? They don't want a minority president. Let you go ahead and throw all that out there, all right? But I guess they no longer wanted a politician. I either assuming that a celebrity slash uh, businessman could do a better job at it. We all see that that has been a terrible idea. Like, let's not. We, but that, that's been a terrible idea. But. I, I don't think that, and maybe Kanye gets his motivation from thinking, okay, I'm a celebrity. I, I'm a celebrity. I have a successful business. Like, okay, maybe that puts me in that category. I, I worry that the highest seat in this nation and in the world is almost becoming a popularity contest. It's almost exactly. It's almost it's becoming a mockery. But that's what that's what presidential race has always been though. It's be, it, it became it came down to who was more popular to get those middle class American votes. Like this, but between, this, but between politicians now it's not even politicians. Yeah. But politicians haven't always been politicians. There's plenty of there's plenty of businessmen who go into politics once they reach of age and become senators and become regular lower class. I mean lower levels of politicians and not always going for the presidency. When I look at Trump, it's like. We can dissect it. It's just, it's just what's troubling is that there's not another black person who can be or have Trump's bravado and actually successfully pass black legis- or black black motives or black uh, black objectives. If that makes sense, black friendly, like, black friendly things. Yeah, like 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 we feel like Trump is doing for for a lot of the conservative people, a lot of the rednecks of the world. Like when Obama was at the helm, he wasn't doing that as aggressively or as predominantly as we felt for black lives matters or for black black people in general so like yeah it is a it is a it is a bad thing with that trump even ever got elected what's worse is that hillary trump hillary trump hillary clinton was the person that's going against them when she had emails that everybody had questions about and then she wanted to blame bernie sanders for his actions of bringing it up it's like you never should have had the dirt to begin with and then you didn't want to bring it up you wasn't transparent that's why we know that's why we that's why nobody wants to rock with you People got a kick out of Trump being so transparent because transparency is almost entertainment in his in his in his mind. It's like I ain't even mad so much at Trump for what he for how he is. I'm mad that somebody else that one of us can't beat him to it. And I hate to say it, Ye might be one of us to beat him to it because he playing some weird ass game. And it could be the bipolar thing. It could be I mean I could be. It's clearly associated with his mental health. But it's like is Jay kind of that example of somebody who we feel like if he get into office. At least we know he's gonna be unequivocally for black people. We don't think that right now, but would, would we be surprised if that happened? That's what that's the question a lot of people are having right now, and it's it's, it's scary because it's Jay and it's unpredictable. But I don't blame him because there there aren't any other black people stepping up who who are reputable, saying you know what, let's go after this again and let's tackle it this, this way. All due respect to Obama, but Obama was raised by the white side of his family, not by the black side. He his African, his whole African side was on the other, was on another continent. He was raised in Hawaii in a suburban Hawaii neighborhood, not in rural Texas or like, you know, not in the not in the gutter. So again, I'm not even castrating him. It's just a, it's also more so laying more, laying more eyes on his background and why he why 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 he handled everything with such duality, if that makes sense. So here's my thing. It, two things. The first thing is the office. The office of president is a mockery, and that's not just a domestic 
percent. Everybody in the world looks at the United States president and thinks, oh, this is the game. Like, this can't be real. Like, they look and they think, like, America is a TV show. That that makes no sense. The other part of that, to Nate's point, is just to play devil's advocate. Old black or just push it. No, we need a president that's going to be pushing an agenda that helps all Americans by way of lessening the gap, whether it's a wage gap, whether it's an educational gap, whether it's a, a gap in Social Security. Like, it has to benefit everyone while fixing the African American community. But that's not to they need a platform that is fully pro-black people because if that is the case they will absolutely positively not win. Obama knew that. You get somebody, even if it's Kanye that has a platform that is fully pro-black and wants to do this for black people and do that for black people they will not win. If they had all the votes of all the black people in the country, that's still not enough. So having that platform is not going to work. You need a platform that's going to serve all people. The hard part about that is there's no such thing. Like There's not a platform that's going to serve all people. Like You can't help the lesser without pissing off the higher income bracket. Like It, it, is, it, it is what it is, but you have to find that Followed that mark, but your five, I mean, three percent <laughs> internet is trash. Okay, <laughs> all right. Hey, you said you get a stimulus check on your internet, all right? You could have paid it up for a couple months. Uh, you can't even talk about it, Robert. You can't talk <laughs> about nobody because we can't, can't even hear you. You're firing back, but. They, they, we, we got time. To, it's like the Matrix. We got time to duck the bullets. All right. So, reason why our, our government is so important is because of we are in a in a the midst of a modern day pandemic. There's no denying it. We thought it was sweet. It, it ain't sweet. All right. And there are different states too early. There are states that are staying open. There are states that got hit hard initially and who have shut it down. You know, a flattening of the curve and, you know, less positive cases on the day to day. But uh, that's why our government is so important, because they have to make decisions for us, decisions for everybody in the best interest of our health. It looks like we made decisions in the best interest of our economy and we didn't help it at all. We was our, we were already headed towards a recession. All right, because of what was happening in the oil market, what's happening in the housing industry to a certain extent. Like, there was a lot of reasons that we were going to go downhill anyways. But, I mean, they're talking about reopening schools now. It's just so many things. You got Florida, Georgia, Texas all fighting the obvious. Like, okay, you know, hey, we, we need to make up the restart economy. You got two of the biggest economies, California and New York, saying we stand shut down until 
we need to because there's no sense in kind of getting our economy started again. Like, we need to get this thing back rolling the way it's supposed to. And you talk about people who have money and power. They live in California and New York. So if they're having to deal with it and flatten their curve, I think Texas and the truth is that a lot of southern states are hard-headed. We know that. We grew up in Texas and Everybody in Texas thinks they know everything. Florida thinks they know everything. Georgia thinks they know everything. But yeah, we suffering the hardest right now. On the state, so I said I'll let to say this. All right, what is y'all's opinions on reopening stuff? Like NBA about to restart. Okay, that seems like a very small matter to you know. It seems like a very small matter to what's going on. But guess where they reopening up? Orlando. Where is Orlando? Florida. Who's having some of the worst ca- uh, worst spiking cases? Florida right now. So. What do y'all think about the reopening of businesses, schools? How should it be handled? Uh, what do we need to do? Uh, so for me, I one of the things that I've been like really big on since the pandemic started is that, and I, and I know it's hard, but I know it's better, it's easier said than done. I get that. But I think the fact that everything had a timeline on it and no one had the balls. And I understand because of the economy and no, you can't do that. I understand that, but if we're talking about a pandemic, a virus that's killing people, whether it's 1% or 50%, had 1% of 300 million people is 3 million people. Is that okay? But it's like, if I say, hey, Sam, we're going to close school for the next two weeks. Now, realistically, what the hell is that two weeks going to do? Nothing. Like, what, what, what was it going to do? So, like, you, someone honestly had to have said, hey, we don't, we've never seen something like this, just kind of like the NBA did and the MLB we're closing, we're suspending things indefinitely until we figure this out. But I think you started giving people this hope, started giving people these deadlines. And so whenever your deadlines weren't being met, people started getting antsy. I know you said two weeks, like here in Harris County, we have a mask mandate until August 26th right now. That first mask mandate was in May. Yeah. And it was like, it's only going to be until May 14th. All right, now it's going to be to the end of May. All right, now it's going to be until June 12th. All right, now August 26th, like, yeah, so I think I think that's the biggest thing is that like nobody is or everybody is trying to appease people uh, instead in you're trying to protect the economy. I get that. I, I really do. But like if I have to make two one of two hard decisions and it's like both of them are going to have their consequences, both of them going to have their consequences. But I I'll be damned if I sacrifice people's lives. We le- bro, we legit had. One of the second most powerful person in Texas come out and say that there are more important things in life than living. Yes. There are more important things in life than living. And And that's actually the most important thing. Yes. And that some of the, first of all, there is no purpose of life without living. That that those two, you can't have one without the other. So (laughs) they're actually the same root word. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, (laughs) but again, the problem is, that person is the second most powerful person in the state of Texas. You know what I mean? Coming out and making that statement, saying that older people should sacrifice their lives if you're 50, 60, 65 years old. That ain't, that ain't up to you. <laughs> you don't make that decision for me. You know what I mean? Exactly. TA talking about, bro, TA is working from home right now until January talking about we got to open schools up in a month. Excuse me. Where are you right now? You're at home. Bro, the fact that we're having these uh, – where the fact that we're having those meetings, y'all having those meetings on Zoom says something. And these are the same people that have never got to go inside the building. I I work at a high school, okay? I'm about to put a picture on the screen. I yes. hope I can see it. That's what, that's what it looks like when the bell rings. And, 
in any high school. That's high school. That's what it looks like in a lot of middle schools. You know what I mean? Like there is they you can't. I worked in the middle school before. Uh, that was I think our population was eleven hundred. I worked in another high school, a six high school for two years. Population was thirty five hundred, and they think that those numbers are wrong. It was higher. Working in high school now. This will be my third year at this current high school. Twenty one hundred kids. There is no safe way to transition. They're talking about having the teachers move from room to room. Okay, but well, what happened to keeping your eyes on kids? Like there is no good way to do it. They even have ideas right now of staggering. Like for us seniors will go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sophomores and freshmen will go Tuesday, Thursday, and then the days that they're not on campus, their teachers still teaches, but they do it virtually, so they're from home. That's the best compromise we can give you, besides going back all the way online, all the way in the classroom. But people don't want to hear that. Oh, teachers still getting paid. Y'all need to get y'all kids. The kids need to be back in school to learn something. First of all, let's not act like Texas is even high on the totem pole in terms of education. We're not, we're not, I don't even think we're in the top 25. So why all of a sudden is it, is it important for us to be back in school? Second of all, my problem is, it's all about pay cuts and reducing the amount of teachers. That money is always already budgeted. You did the budget for this year, last year. The money's already there, all right? So I I don't understand like why people are so apt to get kids back into school. Oh, well, kids don't die that often from the virus. Okay, you tell that to somebody who's, six-year-old or seven-year-old get sick, come back and die the third week of school. Now I'm suing everybody. Everybody getting sued. So this is my point to that. And that's what makes me mad. Like, you know, the kids aren't susceptible to get the virus. So please tell me, where have kids been in the last five months? Like, kids don't have access to go anywhere. Like, that's why the kids haven't been getting the virus like that, because a kid's not going to the club, a kid's not going to brunch, a kid's not going to the mall, a kid's not going all these places by themselves. Like, they can't. So it's whenever you put all these kids in a public setting, I guarantee, I guarantee you, I'll put every any amount of money that's significant to myself, I will bet that those cases are going to skyrocket. Absolutely. And then the number... It- there is no possible way we can sit here and say, okay, a bunch of kids are going to get it and none of them are going to die. Even if you say only a few of them die, again, talk to a mother about burying her firstborn child. What, you ever say, well, if that was that, those few were her kids. Exactly. Like, ha, ha, go, ha, go have that conversation. Like, is the state going to cover the cost of the funeral? All right. Are they going to pay for pain and suffering? You know, like, what are they, they going to pay for the hospital bills that it takes? You know what I mean? So, and then also, you have a lot of grandparents that take care of those kids. 60, 70, 80 years old, you know what I mean? And they can get the virus and be on the ventilator three or four days later. They don't necessarily have the money to pay for that. Second of all, who wants to even be sick at all? You know what I mean? So, like, I don't understand. And this is why I don't like anytime you throw money in and politics into something, it's already going to be a train wreck because you have half of the people just saying, okay, kids need to go back for education. You ain't care about your kids' education that much. You got a fucking 1.9 GPA. All right, you didn't care. You didn't care that much about his his education before this even started. So all of a sudden, why do you care? No, you don't want to watch your kids. And it's I think the responsibility goes on a lot of people. It's a lot of people fed up with keeping their kids. Pay for a babysitter is cheaper than daycare, anyways. All right. Well, but you were getting that free daycare while we while they were at school with us. Oh, but you're not paying us like we like we like we babysitters. You're not paying us in addition to our teaching salaries. And I'm not even really asking for more money. What I'm saying is, it, it goes to us. I got a life too. I'm about to be 30. My body not going to respond the same way as if I was 20 or 21. You know what I mean? So what makes you, you feel more respect? 
yeah, you got to have more respect. You can't just, nobody can just make a decision for our lives. You, you feel me? Everybody should have the option to say, okay, that I can keep my kids at home. If they want to keep my kids at home, I can send them. But also teachers should have the option too. If the parents get the option, why the teachers can't get the option? Because the teachers are, are more susceptible to it. And this even in business. I know Ray was talking uh, about, you know, some of the things that are going on in corporate America. Ray, you want to touch on that? Like, why are people going back to the office if you can do just what we're doing right now, everything digital? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to my boss today, but I don't understand why we're going back to the office. I think it's just because they, they're paying for this office space. They're creating this thing called the control tower and they um, they want to use it and they want people there to use it because, you know, they're paying for it. And that's the only thing that I can think of. <clears throat> so, I do, and it's only, so the people in my group, it's only like four of us that'll be there Monday through Friday anyway, as it stands right now, just because of the way the market is. So they can't have all of us in there at one time anyway, just for simple fact of the money that's not being made right now. So it doesn't really make any sense for us to be there. It's just for us, just to, the only thing I can see is just to have us there, just cause. So I'm gonna have to talk to my boss because I have a 60 some year old mother that they're basically telling me that if I go to work, um, that there's going to be a possibility that I, I could catch the virus. And then that means I can't see my mom for the rest of the year because there's a risk at getting her sick. So I'm going to talk to my boss about that. It's just, it's just not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. But again, somebody even had to, somebody had the audacity to ask you to make that sacrifice when you, out of all people, like the career you're in, you legit can do everything you need. We've been doing it. They set us all up at home. Like we, we're doing it at, at, at home and nothing, nothing but regular stuff that, so like the stuff that's gone wrong has went wrong when we were all in the, in the office together so it's like there's no reason for us to be in office and i hate to just talk bad about them but it is what it is mark what's the, what's the state of i mean your career is a little bit different mark but like are y'all in the office like what's happening and if some of y'all are in the office like what what critically keeps you what's the reason that y'all need to be in the office like what's so critical about it so my situation is a little different mm-hmm. um for a number of different reasons that y'all are aware of. Um, but to, to keep it light, to keep it light, we are in the office, but it's a, it's a max flexibility type thing. If we want to go in the office at 2 o'clock in the morning, we can. Um, and that's purely to limit the amount of foot traffic. Um, the other thing is, is they have us go in, do what you need to do, get out. If it's something you can do from home, do it from home. If it's something, you know, much more technical, go to the office. Um, and they're really flexible with it. So um, I, don't, I don't have that same pressure I was to go to the office. Like, if I need to, then I do, I, I'll go, do what I need to do, and leave. Um, so, in, in that aspect, it's a little different. I think it, it will be a much tougher position if you have to go in the office every day. And that's the part that I didn't, I don't understand about a lot of people's jobs is my job, more or less, we kind of have to go in the office. Most people's jobs aren't like that. 
So you can't do it from home. Like, why don't they let you do it from home? And if you've been able to do it from home, like Ray's case, you've been able to do it from home from this for this amount of time. Why wouldn't they turn that into a more definite policy? Regardless of the cost of, oh, we can for the building or we can for this or we can for that. You save money by not having lights and electricity. You let people work from home. I don't understand that. Um, so I, I think it goes back to just corporations being selfish within themselves. Just they care more about their profit instead of their people. But if you don't have people, then you're not going to have a profit. Um, as far as the whole teacher head is that they're not thinking about teachers. And one of the things that I would have hoped coming out of this situation was that parents start to have a much more respect for teachers and that having a, their kids for two months, you had to teach your kids for, you don't give teachers, you know, that much of a headache when school does start back. The other thing is you can have people complain about, well, I have to go back to work. And school was my babysitter, was my daycare. I no longer have that. So now they gotta find like alternate arrangements for their kids while they're at work. Um, so I've heard like some people throw out the idea of going to school part time, whether it's one or two days out of the week. And then the other two or three days at home, that might be a feasible solution. Um, I think this is good for the education system because they're going to not have to be much more precise and deliberate about what they. Teach. Like you're not gonna have that same leeway to teach BS just to fill out a school day. Like, no, you got to be specific on what you're teaching and how you teach. Um, so hopefully that changes the focus as far as the standardized testing, which I think is useless. Um, no, yes. And you hear me now? Yeah, they, they canceled them for the year. So, I mean, ultimately, we just we couldn't realize that there are more important things in life than than the things that we thought were important. Hold up, I ain't getting my turn. Nate. So, more important thing. Go ahead, go ahead, hit us off with it, Nate. Nah, so for me, I have a different perspective because I came from I came from being I went from being placed on furlough to going and being called back to work. And I think the number one thing that I've seen in this uh, in the whole dynamic of everything that's going on is that it's it's almost funny to see people's reaction because they act like government and commerce didn't run our lives beforehand. And to watch these military like decisions be carried out where it says, "Hey, we will have casualties." That is war like decisions. These are not civilian-like decisions. So for a lot of us, that's why it's such a shell shock. But to me, it's like, if you have anybody, if you know any, if you have any uh, body that you know who served in, in any branch of the military, 
they also have this very uh, laissez-faire, I guess, approach to it, where it's like, of course this stuff was going to happen. Of course these, these demands were going to be made. It's like, this is more of a, this, the decisions made around coronavirus are just as much, if not a greater reason to, to cause an uprise than the Black Lives Matter movement because racism really can't go nowhere because now you're trying to change people's hearts. But if you're talking about dollars, cents, and you showing the hell up, I can influence that because as much as you feel like we want to place a value on people, there always is another person coming to replace us. So like the reality of the people of top thinking has always been from CEOs to governors It's always been, I can replace you. It's not about, can I, it's not about you. It's about, can they replace me? And so I see these, when, when we see the decision-making, yes, it's, it's, it's troubling and we can disagree with it. But at the same time, it's like, you, we have to find different ways to make our voices heard to actually impact the decision makers. Try to find a way to take some or take away or ship some ship some of that power away from them, so that more decision making can more regularly be placed on the every average day citizen. And so much of it, we don't have to take such extreme directives from others. And I know a lot of that does go against what common thinking. Like, well, how does that affect teachers? It's like it. it it doesn't until you talk about the superintendents of school districts and the uh, and how the ta- at the end of the day the taxpayers we pay these school districts we pay we we, we we when you are zoned to a district and things like that your parents are paying for it, for your education you have a say so you have a greater say so than going to just the the parent teacher conference meetings it's it's a lot more that you can be ingrained in in terms of who who's leading you on a on a consistent we worry about who's leading us on presidential election years that's why it's so beautiful that all of this is happening this year but now we got to worry about it and need to worry about it every day and not just when election time comes up who's doing stuff on the day-to-day to keep in contact to keep to to, to stay attuned to my to my ideals and my and my beliefs and my best interests at heart that way when people start making decisions who are ahead of us who are over us we morally can agree with it instead of just saying they're doing it for the money it's like yeah because you just signed up to be there because you did it for the money or you're doing it for the appearance of it and so some it, it's rude as hell to to to, to, like, to even insinuate that is justify what they're doing, but because of the America that we have built and the America that we participate in, of course these things were going to happen because in Canada, they shut everything down way ahead of time. Trump had this information or could have had this information in 2019, but in 2020, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shock, a culture shock to the American people. And all of a sudden, everything just goes around. China already was having these episodes and I think it was as, as late as October of 2019. So, I, I don't, I'm not in favor of, of opening things back up, but at the same time, it's like, in terms of fighting it, it's like, it feels like we need to fight it more on a legislation battle as well. And not just with, uh, with, with and not of course, with just denying it or with protests or just asking for a little bit more. You got to ask for a lot more. Yeah, I de- you're right. I definitely do feel it's going to take a full system effort in the most of the system, you know what I mean? So... You you definitely from a different perspective. Yeah, you. That was a great point, and I I honestly think that I mean just from the beginning, man. Uh, I mean when I say beginning, I mean who knows when the beginning. I mean the beginning of this has been going on for too long. If we're talking about coronavirus, then yeah, as early as October 2019, but just like the effed up system came get came get started. But like yeah. I think it's just we've been pouring Drano or you know down the sink and just kind of taping up the sink to fix the leak rather than just calling the damn plumber. Like, 
like look, we we're doing all these little quick fixes that's not that's not better yet or becoming the plumber becoming like learning learning how to be the plumber. like bro like it's just a whole lot of quick fixes that's not that's pushing us back bro the, bro we got three three of us here have birthdays within a month of each other right. and with no way that this started back in March that we should be having quarantine birthdays. I I know I'm having one. Nate, <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, you and Sam like within a week of each other. Y'all probably there too. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm on the crib. I ain't going nowhere in November. Good thing. How you feel me? Mark me your birthday. December 4th. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. No, I can have anything. But, uh, I don't know, man. It just, it's, it's interesting to see everybody's opinions. It, it really is. Like, not, not just talking about us, but just hearing different people talk, not only on the news. I kind of got to, I have to unplug myself from social media sometimes because you get a lot of good, you get like nine good opinions and then you get like 4,752 terrible, idiotic people who are, who walk by us on a day-to-day basis and their IQ is nowhere near where, you know, where ours is and that that's not really speaking bad about them. That's just the truth of the situation. Not everybody, like Mark Scherz says, not everybody is educated and aware to the level that they need to be to function in the same system. There's some of those same people have voting rights and have to make decisions on who leads us and are probably voting for the wrong people. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. This whole situation would be interesting, but I've definitely had to unplug myself from social media just because it does become overwhelming. One more thing I did want to add too, because I remember uh, they asked the question on first take, uh, I think earlier this week or maybe even last week, and they asked the question, is it fair to ask NBA players to return uh, return to play? And the first thing Stephen A. Smith said, and I ain't gonna lie, this will, it, it helped me have this perspective that I talked about, talked about before. He was like, is it fair to the rest of us that we got to go back to work? He said, he said they are asking. It's not a it's not a request, it's not it's not a demand, it's not a mandate. They're simply asking. I think it's incredibly fair to ask someone to return to work because everyone who else yeah. everyone who's else everyone else who's essential, even teachers, still have to perform their duty, whether it was going to the place or we're doing it remotely. So that but it's like that type of thinking is our economy, that is our culture, that is the American dream. The American dream is just to have a job and income to support yourself. So, of course, when somebody asks you to come back to work, it almost seems like, yeah, I got to do it. Because at the end of the day, somebody else wish they had my job or wish they had my privileges or somebody else wish they could go back to work, period. So now I have to go back, even though morally you, morally you know this company is not doing everything they need to do to protect me. They're not doing They're only protecting their bottom dollar. You go to Total Wines and they got a big old screen up at the front and then they got all the employees wearing masks. And I'm 100% positive that somewhere in America, Total Wine has had a coronavirus case. Best Buy, they got so, so creative. They just almost had lines of standing outside where you couldn't walk in. But again, employees are still in there. How many employees are touching inventory that could, that could potentially have COVID? We were told that it can last on plastic up to days, cardboard, hours, and it lasts in the air, hours as well. These are all of the facts that were disseminated to us. And then for us to sit back and say, ah, we ain't got to do it because they giving, uh, the government is giving us unemployment. Well, we'll cut that too. So now you got to go apply for jobs that you might not be qualified for because your company ain't opening up your position again. It's like, it's tantalizing to see the to see the environment, but that's why for black people, um, 
the Malcolm X's of the world begged us for ownership, begged us to want to go get control, not just for the simple fact of having an ego stroke, but for when you when they come for you, you have protection. And not just the protection of a firearm, you have legal protection. You have you you, you have a legal grounds of, of ramification. When the Black Panther Party will march around with their pistols and stuff, think about black people today. We don't do that. We don't have black militias, but they wanted to label the Black Panther Party a black militia, all because they were exercising that their constitutional right. But when you know your constitutional right, now your rules are my rules. You can't even bend them anymore. You know, it's like. I don't, I'm saying all this. I ain't even. I'm barely educating myself even more. All, all the same, it's just it's when you 2020, you gotta do nothing but reflect and, and see everything more clearly. Yeah, you definitely gotta dig in and do your research. And I mean, I probably learned. I probably learned more this year, like at more depth. Like there are things we've all been aware of, you know, um, like the killings. The you know whether it's been uh, law enforcement or whether it's just racially motivated killings. It's all been these have been happening. It's just cell phone cameras out to catch people nowadays. I think we're learning uh, about these issues more at that depth, but uh, I don't know. There definitely has to be some change. And that's leading to my next statement. Black lives matter. All right. We're not going to sit here and, and act like they don't. We're not going to sit here and, and let somebody be little that movement. We're not going to let somebody sit there and say that black lives matter is an anti anything movement. No, it's just simply letting you know that, we matter and we're not going to have we're done trying to prove it to you that we matter we're telling you that we matter and there's going to be some change that's going to have to happen because it shouldn't be 2020 and we're having to say it i'm almost 30 years old and racism ain't half as bad now as it was before i was born but we're still having to advocate for the fact that that we matter you know what i mean so um uh, another statement black people ain't hanging themselves y'all I, i'm glad these cases did slow down Maybe they're not being found as often, but ain't nobody hanging themselves. Ain't no, there is not one black person that's going to hang themselves as a form of suicide with a noose. That's not happening. So don't let the media lie to you. The craziest thing is that the media, there's still marches and stuff going on. And the media is just choosing not to cover because the marches in George Floyd was a break from the pandemic. Now we've had to get back, and from a media standpoint, we've had to get back to the pandemic because things are coming back like the NBA like school opening, like the election is more of it's it, like the economy, you know what I mean? So there are still things going on in the black community. Um, so what are y'all's thoughts on where we are? Like I said, we're going to get to some heavier stuff later in the podcast. And here we are now. What are y'all's thoughts on the state of black America right now? I want black educated and petty should go. <laughs> um, I think my issue with African American community is that we can't seem to stay. We we get more united. It's like siblings, right? I can't. I can talk bad about my brother and sister, but nobody else can. And that's kind of like uh, 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 an overall thing for the African American community to unite and decide that, okay, it's all for one and one for all while we fight whatever this is going on. But I feel like we have to stay that way. And until we learn to stay united, nothing's really going to change. 
and that's that's our current issue is that we're going to be cool we're going to be united right now but i fear that in the future it's just going to blow over and we're going to go back to i'm doing what i'm doing and you doing what you're doing like and that's what i don't want to happen um but we just we just have to see. I think going back to Nate's point, we have to change legislation. Um, and I think the best way for that to happen is for us to start within our own community. If we had more African-American lawyers um, or people that were choosing to get educated about the law and then follow this political course, then that would be a, become lawyers, become judges, become politicians. That's how we change the legislative system that we claim is injustice. Like that, that's what we need to do. Um, but that's also going to take some time. Um, but that's that's my biggest solution. And I think all that goes back to education. We need educational reform, and it's going to take whoever's our current politician now to make that change. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. And that's the part that's uh, disheartening. Uh, I think Black Lives Matters is in a healthy space. It's in a healthy space right now. You have a lot of people doing more research. You have people looking more local, like Mark was saying with legislation, but you have people looking more local with their purchases. So, you know, Target, Walmart, uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, companies and big associations like these where a, a, a bunch of us would faithfully go there and use their services and eat their food. We are now retreating more and saying, you know what, that chicken sandwich cool. It ain't that fire. And no matter how great it was, it's just like you, you, people are having more of an intentional look at what do I need to do to help my next, my, my fellow man? And what do I need to do to help my neighbor? And that's healthy because, you know, it's great to see the protests and things like that. Like Mark said, those things do die away, though. People do die down in terms of having political voices, especially in our community. Um, when it ain't our job, we like, they ain't even our job, so I let somebody else do it. You, you, you pass the buck off to someone who you feel is more responsible, you feel like is more educated. But the beautiful thing about it is everyone who's been either educated or uneducated has been speaking, and that's good. That's healthy dialogue. That's healthy misinformation being dispelled, as well as your voice being heard. So it's, 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 it's all healthy to just get it all out now because they're toxins. When you've, been, when you've been poisoned for so long, your body is filled with toxins. Your thoughts are filled with toxins. And um, long before you know any Tuskegee experiments that, that happened back in the 1950s, I believe, um, there's a lot of other things that happen to our race and our people that have caused toxic behavior to, to permeate year over year over year. At least now we're in the healthiest state of, of, of tackling it and saying, okay, we know, we, we know what we're doing wrong, but we can't fix everything. So it's healthy. What is not healthy, though, I mean, uh, is the ugly side of Black Lives Matter, like Mark was saying with the sibling argument. We ain't gonna say nothing to the gangsters or down the street. We ain't gonna say nothing to the people who who uh, who I guess I mean even to the extent push drugs. People who who do a lot of criminal activity, we don't correct them. We don't we we don't want to go check them. But they are also part of our image as black people, like it or not. Even though even though you shouldn't judge anybody off of their image, they are a part of the black image because we've all accepted it. We've all accepted it in one phase or in one phase or another. So. It's, it's, it's still healthy because everything is, is being done 
I think um, with good intentions and, and, and that's healthy enough um, to say, okay, that's good. That's a good step moving forward. Everything ain't going to be perfect though. It's like, we're not going, we're not going to stop police from, from killing us overnight. Uh, can we all become more armed? Of course. Uh, can we all become more lawyers though? Is the next question. It's like, I personally don't even want to go pre-law. I feel like I should. Everyone feel like they should in times like this, but then is it, but then, but then they go back to, is that really me doing my part or do I need to find another way to do my part? And so it's like finding people, touching people and grabbing people that I know who might be doing something that they shouldn't be doing. That seems like the healthiest thing to do right now and supporting small businesses. Um, it's a lot of t-shirts from a lot of people on Instagram I need to buy. You know, I'm low-key trying to get my cash out back up. But it's like stuff like that is is a healthy way to start curing, curing and and promoting each other, you know, helping each other out. Cause we ain't gonna, unless, cause me personally, George Floyd was too close to home. I know a cousin of that family. And so for me, it gets to a point, um, I cannot sit here, I can sit here and say in front of all four of y'all, something happens to my sister. I got two older sisters, something happened to my sister. I don't want justice, I want blood. I, I want blood, period. I want blood. I don't want no, I, I don't want, I don't like, you know, we always talk about something happening to me. I'm like, nah, I know they would kill me because I know, I know once I feel my life threatened, I know how my natural reaction would happen. So I know what would happen with me. I'm talking about controlling me if something happens to somebody I love. That's, that's, it's great, but it got to be that same energy when we got sexual assault cases, when we got other stuff going on in our communities. And I know they're not the same. They're not, they're not the same, but it's healthy to listen to women berate men sometimes on social media because it makes me uncomfortable because I know to a degree that ain't all of us, but it's enough of us. And that's, that, that's the state of black lives matter right now. It's healthy because everything is coming out and that's healthy. <laughs> that's what happens when you, when you work out, everything comes out, whether it's good or bad. When you throw up, that's when you know, oh, okay, this is a good workout. I ain't saying you do it every time, but you know, it, we are all former athletes. We know what that's like when you in Texas heat and you running about the hundred sprint and you tired, but you dig a little deep and you feel it all sweating out. This is our sweating out process. Ain't no thought about it like that. That's a good, that's a good way to go about it. It's a good way to say it. I just, I don't know. I was just sitting there soaking up what she was saying the whole time. Like that is, that's deep. I, I can't really follow that up with anything. You know, I wanted to kind of touch on some of the instances we've had this year with, you know, the killings and some of the victims, you know, rest in peace, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, the Kendrick Johnson case that got reopened even though it was seven years ago. All the black hangings that they're saying have been, um, you know, Suicides, we natural, and then the Vanessa Guillen case recently, uh, the Fort Hood soldier, uh, where five players suspected in her her particular case, but you brought up something to me that was very important. And you talked about uh, kind of the state of women and how like there, it's been enough of them saying something, but there it's enough that we should listen to it. You know, not only just in our community but in general, because the black man is the most hunted, uh, but the black woman is the most under not the woman is the most unprotected. You know. We always gonna focus on black women and women of color, but we're talking about. Um, I think she was 20, 20 years old. She was a service member of this nation, and something happened on a base, 
and and we we weren't taking her we weren't taking her seriously. You know what I mean? Like we weren't sexual assault. Something that we know happens often um, in the male dominated in the male dominated field, and we weren't taking her case seriously to the point where now she's missing. I wanted to cover it up. Like it's a lot of things in this world that have to change, and not just in this world in this country. Like people are starting to look at America and laugh. You know what I mean? Like. That's really how y'all get down over there. Y'all supposed to be <laughs> the land of the free, the home of the brave. Like that's what y'all got going on. And I guess people just think black people been lying all these years about, hey, this is happening. Nah, we ain't been lying. You just ain't wanted to listen. You ain't wanted to accept the fact that people committing a transgression might be your cousin, even if you don't live the same lifestyle. By you not correcting your cousin, you're not helping nobody out. And honestly, you should do it because they were saying silence is as much of a crime and an enabler. Uh, when it comes to racial injustice and sexual injustice as the actual crime committed itself. So I don't know. It's a state that there have been a million conversations, you know, that have happened for centuries because of this. And not only just now, but forever, like there are always conversations happening on a day-to-day basis, but we need some type of change. Like I said, you see the defunding of the police happening when, you know, these killings a couple of years ago, I don't ever remember hearing about the defunding of the police. So that lets you know that information is getting to us. Like the options that we have to try to combat racism uh, and supremacy are now becoming more evident because defunding the police wasn't even talked about. Like now we know, okay, hey, we got to make more, le- we have to make, put legislation in the play that says, okay, you can't do this when you're arresting somebody. Like they, they already they already know they have rules that they should follow, but they're not following them. Okay, let's write more rules into it. So it's very important that more of us become lawyers and not just black people, people of color in general. Um, and we kind of got to stick together. And then we need the people who aren't of color, who rock with us, who are not coming out and saying, hey, which y'all we marching with y'all. We need y'all to say more. I know it don't affect your everyday life, all right, but it does affect what your kids see growing up. And, all right, and if you really care about this nation or, or you claim to be some type of Christian or any type of religious figure at all, no matter what you do, I, when has murder ever been okay? You know what I mean? So just, there's a lot of change that we need. And I know it's not going to get solved through this conversation um, or not necessarily all the conversations that are happening. It's going to get solved by change. But we just have to figure out what change needs to be made. I think we know what change needs to be made. How do we get started? How do we not get comfortable and follow through? And when do we know change has actually fully taken place? You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you one argument I am very sensitive about now is the whole black on black crime argument. Because Mark brought up a good point. He was like, crime didn't have anything to do. Most crimes don't have anything to do with color. It's all about proximity. All right. If you live by, if somebody is going to want rob a house, if somebody's going to rob a particular neighborhood, all right, they're, they're robbing for a particular item. Like, okay, you, you have a 65 inch TV outside box for the TV outside your house. Whether you white, black, Hispanic, Asian, they come inside the house because they saw the TV. It's all about proximity. Now, do we have racially motivated crimes? Absolutely. Do we have crimes motivated by people hating a particular religion or a particular sex? Yeah, those are those, you know, those have its own category. But I'm talking like Mark was talking about crime, like there are crimes that have nothing to do with color. So this whole, when people throw black on black crimes, I fact, should we stop killing each other? Yes, but shouldn't everybody stop killing everybody? Yeah, so why do we throw black on black crime out there when it's white on white crime, mixed in the mixed crime, brown on brown crime, you know what I mean? So that's a conversation that nobody can bring that up to me anymore because I don't want to hear it. I do understand what you're saying, that 
black on black crime for us is more expensive though. I think that's what people need to understand. It's more expensive because we only represent 13% of the population in the United States of America. So when one black man kills another and then he goes to jail, we just lost two of a smaller number of people. It doesn't hurt population was because they represent however many, I don't know their, their population statistics, but I know they represent over 50% of the people here in the United States of America. So when they lose two people, it's not as expensive. When we lose two people, it's very expensive and it's very expensive in the process of continuing to build a home that's already broken. So black on black crime is expensive, but for no reason necessary should anybody of color ever say, hey, y'all got to stop killing each other first. You, y'all stop killing each other. <laughs> y'all just not reported because y'all aren't seen as the gang, the thugs and the gangsters and the criminals that everybody wants to portray when we look on TV and see, okay, oh, as a crime show, there's power. We got power. Who, you know, ghost is black or, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Those are just some things I've been thinking about recently. Uh, I'll say really quickly, I know we talked about it before, me, Ian, Sam, but I think when when it comes to black on black uh, crime, a lot of times uh, the perception is that we accept it so much because it's so heavily promoted in our culture. So even when even when one of us go corporate and have a lot of money, we still gonna go buy a gold chain or a grill for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But then the gold chain and the grill is also part of the uniform for gangsters in, in a lot of people's mind or tat- tattoos and sleeves in in, in professional settings. It's still like okay, but a part of you still wants to go back to that. Like, I we are we are perceived as being um, very accepting of of being robbed, of being in projects, of having you know having a disproportionate amount of liquor stores versus versus I would say grocery stores in our communities. Uh, we have as many liquor stores and gun stores as real produce stores. Herm Clark just got a Joe V's and that's supposed to be something to celebrate, but they got an H-E-B right down the block once you get close to the Paraland. It's a difference. And then, so it's like, uh, that that right there, it, it ain't like that. We're, that's what we choose. It's not, it's not what we accept. But I think a lot of times people do feel like, okay, black people as a whole, they accept the lower parts of their culture or the lower parts of their people, unlike white people who disband or hate trailer trash and who look at trailer trash as being you know next to nothing um i don't want to speak on the other race because i don't want to say something that, that might be completely incorrect because i wasn't go hispanic but i don't know the correct word and terminology but i think that sometimes is a, i know that was a myth that i spent about a year and a half in, at uh fighting on a day-to-day basis from people who were um of a multitude of nationalities who normally would make that case against me what i would say stuff about black lives matter and literally make, make some of the same things that we call people racist on TV for, they made those exact same claims to me to my face because they could couch it with, but y'all kill each other. Knowing where I'm from and knowing how, yeah, what I've seen, yeah, it's hard to immediately retort that, but it's like, that is the common perception. And it's not just the 30 and 40 year olds, it's the people like you said, like, like, like you said, Sam, that are our cousins, that are, I mean, not our cousins, that are your cousins, that are our age, that are like legit our peers, and they believe that ish wholeheartedly. It's hard to negate it for whatever reason. And the media didn't help us at all because honestly, black on black crime wasn't a term that black people established. That was a term that media companies established to say, hey, I honestly think it's, it was a racist pretext to it because they say, okay, we have no reason to show y'all equality because y'all don't, you know, we have no reason to to protect y'all because y'all don't protect each other. They 
they're quick to post a, a mugshot of a black man who committed a crime, whether it was robbery, rape, or uh, or murder. They quick to post a, a mugshot. ABC 13 is guilty. I got the app on my phone. Anytime a black man commits a crime, that's that's you know that's headline worthy. Mugshot posted immediately. Some Hispanic mugshot posted. Asian posted. White man, Caucasian, ah, it might be a week before we got the mugshot. The headline says mugshot finally versus us. Why is our mugshot released immediately? You know what I mean? They, I think a lot of media companies from the past, because we know all these media companies are funded by, uh, by people who support, a lot of people support racism. So the fact that they, they've used, you know, they've used black, they've used black on black crime as a kind of a nugget to say black lives don't matter anyways. They don't matter to y'all. You know what I mean? There's no reason for us to protect them. Hey, these are thugs. Let's stay away from them. You know what I mean? Like they, they've always, they've used everything against us that they possibly could have. I heard somebody say the other day, uh, when we get into a professional world, a lot of times our passion is mistaken for us being angry. Like we can't be passionate about something in a business meeting, even if it's a safe level of passion. We can't be passionate about it because it seems like we're now angry and we're now forcing it. It's a, it's, it's a misaddressed energy. It could be the most positive energy in the world, but we uh-huh. can't be that way because we're seen as angry or we're seen as not being professional in that platform. When I may be smarter than the man across from me, but I need to sign the deal. You know what I mean? No, no BS. That happened to me this year. I had a LeBron argument with an intern, and I should have known better because <laughs> he's an intern. <laughs> you and LeBron is different, Nate. You were angry. That was passionate. As soon as LeBron, it was passionate and anger. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Touche. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it's just so many different things that we can't, we have, we, our list, as black people, our list of things that we can't do is so long, like, can't can't have a gun in the car, even if we got a lot, you know what I mean, like, can't jaywalk, even though nobody can jaywalk, like, can't, it's just so many things we can't do, can't stand up for ourselves, you know, can't be upset about somebody being killed, can't get black women, black women dying, through childbirth, I was looking at the statistics this past week, is so high, it doesn't make sense. But we can't get somebody to, to take the time to figure out why. Well, we already know why. Because when we say we're in pain, uh, just suck it up. You're being dramatic. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you need you need to get a C-section. You've been in labor four hours. You need to get a C-section. Somebody else is in labor for 18 hours, okay, of a different color. All right, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to work through this naturally. Being denied medication in the medical office, okay, well, now we know, hey, write down that you denied giving me medication even though I asked for it. You know, so it's just so many different things in the medical field. Like, as black people, we are every organization. We are at war with, you know, education. We're at war with law enforcement. We're at war with, with um, you know, corporate America. We're at war with the medical field. It's like so many different things that we didn't know we had to protect ourselves from. It's all from everything. The only people we can trust is ourselves. But then people turn around and tell us that you can't even trust each other because black on black crime is a problem. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like every people always think, wonder why we act like the world's against us because in a lot of cases it is. So, I don't know. That's just... I know we went over a little long here today, but like I said, we just feel like we have to touch up, you know, finish up with at least something that, you know, address the state of the black today. You know, anybody got any follow any any follow up before I close it out? 
what is some stuff that you, like what uh, before we hang up um, and we release this episode? What is like some things that y'all watch or, or or do or use to keep your mind uplifted and preoccupied? I think it's not just about because a lot of people want to like I got like that you know ain't no one going back to school at all. But a lot of people feel the need to like be hyper productive and. Aside from being high productive, I know a lot of people who are. What is a, what are other things that you guys are, are are implementing to keep your spirits uplifted? Because, like you said, we all got to take breaks from social media. My mom, I'm about to go over there in a few because I'm tired of her watching the news. Because every time she watches the news and call me, she is here. We're fired. Oh, this yeah. coronavirus, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's every cause my mom is like, every time I walk in, I can't remember one time I walked in my house that the TV wasn't on CNN or Fox News. And my mom likes politics, so I get that. But my mom is also, she's also very cautious. She's also homebody, very scary. So anything that's new, she caught me with it right in the strip. I've learned how to deal with it, so it don't stress me out as much. But what it does now is it irritates me because it, it messes up my balance. She doesn't understand that I'm just as aware as you are, but I don't need to watch the news every day to know what coronavirus is doing because I know it's spiking. I don't want to constantly consume it. So some things I do to get away is kind of I try to spend time away. I try to spend time with you know the people I you know care about the most, and everybody has a you know kind of address this. This uh, you know, this quarantine is hey, if you don't come out at least one, whatever you live your life the way you want to. I'm, I'm gonna go back to PJ the Pinky. Just find something that makes you happy. Now, I wouldn't recommend you cheat in the marriage, but find something that find something that makes you happy. So what I've been doing, I got my rest the first part of quarantine. I got to like just really, I didn't, I you know, did the whole online teaching, but I, I got arrested, bro. I caught up on all this sleep that I don't get during football season, during track season. Caught up on all that sleep. I have conversations in, um, with my current girlfriend that I haven't had in a relationship before just because it's it's therapeutic, you know what I mean? Just, you know, walks, you know, probably could work out a little bit more. Probably need to start doing that soon. I've learned how – I've done more on a daily basis that I haven't thought I had time. So I'm just taking advantage of that time. And honestly, turning off Instagram sometime, bro, because just as good as it is with keeping us up to date with social issues, they'll turn around and – now we're talking about six nine for the last two weeks. I don't want to talk about six nine. I, you, you're wasting my time. I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Him. I don't listen to him. I don't care about him snitch. I don't want to talk about that no more. You know what I mean? So and that's just that's what I've done to you know make myself feel better. I actually went and voted. Uh, I'm, about, I'm about to be thirty years old. I actually went and I embarrassed to say it, but I went and voted for the first time in my life, and I I, I realized I've been a part of the problem. I talk about, I'm a teacher. I've, I've been a teacher for five years. There's been at least one election since then that I could have voted in. And I've been of age for four, maybe three elections, maybe four elections at this point in time. So I'm embarrassed to say I have been a part of the problem. All right. So I went to the polls on Friday and I went and voted, cast my vote for the first time. That's probably made me feel better than anything else this year. It's to know that I actually hopefully impacted, you know, hopefully impacted the change that needs to be made. So that's just what I've been doing, bro. Just really, well, if it if it disturbs my peace, I don't want no part of it. All right? If it makes me feel good, going fishing, whatever, all the iMac, whatever makes me happy, that's what I've been doing. Mark, what you been doing? I heard you been doing Pilates and stuff. You've been trying a lot of random stuff from Temple. What's, what have you been doing? I don't know about random stuff. Um, I just kind of been doing the same thing that I've been doing. Just, I just, I don't like cooking, so I cook, um, work out. 
Florida been calling, so it really shut down a lot that you're able to do. Um, my girl moved down here to Florida, so just been adjusting to that. But otherwise, I mean, hey, that that's that's really just been it. That's what's up, bro. E, what you been doing to, to just? I you you bother you, you know you got a kid now. <laughs> uh, nah, I've been chilling. I've been you know I'm a big stream. Netflix, DC Universe, Disney Plus, and Planet. I've been watching stuff. Uh, my PB, shout out to my PB Rachel. Uh, my PB Rachel bought me a book that uh, I'm about to read. She she's reading the book called The Vanishing Half on uh, Instagram. And I was just messing around with her, uh, talking about you know when she's gonna buy me a copy. So she sent a copy to my house. So uh, shout out to her, love her. Uh, and I got and I got the puppy. The puppy's definitely uh, the puppy. I've had for a week today and he has tested every bit of patience I have every bit of patience I have he's tested, but uh, it's crazy because he actually just went to the vet yesterday for the second time. He gained a pound. He gained a pound from Monday to Saturday. And even like the first video I sent my mom, you could tell like he had real short legs. His belly was pretty big just because kind of how puppies are built. And then we looked at him in the vet picture. It's like, sheesh, like, Legs and got longer. Uh, the crate that we have has a divider in it because you don't want their uh, space being too big. So they have a divider in the crate, basically how big he'll get. We've already had to move the divider back twice, I think, uh, just because you know he he's been growing that fast. So it's 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 fun, but uh, yeah, nah, I, he's a lot. Let's be keeping my mind off things. That's what's up, Nate. What you been doing to keep your mind off things? Man, uh, I've been forced <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a blessed way to have a lot more family uh, events and, and connecting and uh, just being around family. So uh, that's been good. Uh, <laughs> I've been also like uh, working out. Man, I'm down like 160. This is horrible. I ain't never felt, I ain't felt this small legit since high school. So like I'm legit worried about my health. I could have coronavirus this whole time and I know it. Uh, I don't know. I've just been I've been trying to read more. I've been experimenting all over the place. I had a class uh, that I was working on before I went back to work. Went back to work and used that as an excuse to not work on the class. Uh, I've been trying to budget, plan. So for me, it's almost been like you said, keep everything that everything that keep, gives me peace. But the reality of it is that peace gonna get broken, uh, even by the people that you love the most. <laughs> so it's more so been I've been trying to just be less adaptive and be more disciplined and concise, if that makes sense. I think I think it's been fair to say y'all all know me as being somebody who can jump around or be at least adapt to a different environment. I don't. I, don't, I think as great of a thing that, that as that can be, I I feel like even at just twenty five, I'm not specializing enough and I'm not disciplined enough either to even become specialized in something besides talking. <laughs> Who cares about talking? So yeah. it's like, I'm trying to just be more intentional. And that's the type of stuff I've been just like uh, looking in with, uh, getting ready for therapy. Uh, just again, everything that you ain't had the time to do before, just doing it now. This is the first summer I'm gonna have probably, I mean, this is the last summer I'm probably gonna ever have in my professional career as it stands right now, because I don't get, I don't get a month to think. I don't get a month to breathe. And I had to, I definitely had two months of that. And so for me, it's like, all right, I know what I don't want. Just starting to plan and just build um, from within instead of just, you know, 
a lot of times in our society, we want to reinvent the wheel, especially when we're young, or we want to just try to do something, make a lot of money to compete. But now it's like, all right, what brings me peace with my family? I think I was watching, uh, not I think I was watching uh, Pastor Todd uh, earlier today. Shout out E, he kind of influenced me to uh, check, tap in again. And um, I, he was just talking about like, you, your work, you, 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 you know, your work, you use your work to distract you from your family. You know what I'm saying? And then when you don't have your work, you're all in, you're all in with your family. You don't even understand how, how your, your livelihood, because it makes money and it pays the bills and it does the things that you thought it would do. It might be affecting something else in your life and it might be affecting your mood in an adverse way. And so, you know, I'm just, that's the type of stuff I'm looking at, man, just, find the encouraging words and at the same time just picking up uh, new stuff so that's the best way to, that's the best way to do it we know we glad you're back from the furlough because that was like i said this whole quarantine has been been real for people hey, i'm not gonna need no brown hey <laughs> okay financial uh affected financially like i've had people close to me actually catch the virus thank god like i said they are they're healthy enough to to have gotten over it at this point. But like I said, man, we're glad to be back in the building with y'all. Uh, y'all check this out on Instagram as well. And we're checking it out. You're already on Instagram. Uh, check it out on YouTube um, as well as one of our listening platforms, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Play, you know, the the usual. Uh, but I mean, signed off. Ray had, Ray had to dip and go handle some business. He had an interview to do so. Signing off for the group. My man, E. Hey, man. Uh, girls' favorite signal. Nate? Peace, love, and soul. Bad internet? Uh, oh, I, I get it. I can't even get a proper exit. I got to get attacked on the exit? Yeah, because once you hear how you sound, you're going to be mad. <laughs> That's fair. You probably right. Now, y'all have a good one. All right, man. Sure. What's up?